0: Welcome to Using Your Egg Noggin, a podcast for edgy teens, confused college students, and grads on what it means to be using your mind for the various aspects of life that we might take for granted, but we feel so deeply about. My name is Saran.
1: My name is Ashwin. <laughs> My
2: name is <laughs> <laughs> My name's Eugenia.
0: And today we're going to be talking about personalities, whether they are really I don't know, scientific things that we can kind of measure. And, and why
2: Saran doesn't want to go into criminal law.
0: Yeah, that too. But Ashwin, you also wanted to talk about two specific cases. So
1: Our I'll let you take it away. alignment system, which you may have seen in memes on the interwebs. And <laughs> Magic the Gathering, which is a card game which I haven't played in like and ever. ever.
0: Yeah, so anything Ashwin says may or may not be true. We don't disclaimer. <laughs> Everything you have heard has so far been a lie, because has Ashwin actually played the game? Has he actually read the book? Does he actually watch as many movies as he says he does? <laughs> His personality well,
2: yeah. is a lie.
0: <laughs> so yeah, is your personality a
1: lie will be today's episode. I'm going to take the lead now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So today I wanted to talk about personality, which is obviously a very complicated subject, so I don't think we'll be able to, you know, broach all the various intricacies, but two things that, uh, two, there's two different models of thinking about personality that really, I find interesting. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on them, but first, let's just start with what what do you guys think about personality? Do you have any hot takes Any interesting opinions? Um, yeah.
0: I think my hot take on personality tests is um sorry personalities is that I take personality tests too literally like I look at a set of variables that apparently is associated with you right so to just give you like the standard right horoscopes like let's talk about astrology for a second right
2: that's not a personality test that's a personality assignment
0: (laughs) okay I stand corrected. I trust Speaking you. Speaking
2: of, I just got my daily love horoscope from an email I send up for in seventh grade.
0: Okay, okay. Eugenia, read out your love horoscope from seventh grade. I think this will show my point.
2: I'll try and.
0: Okay, if you can find it in time. But... Okay,
2: I got it. This is for okay. tomorrow. Go for it. Hang on. <laughs> it started reloading. Okay. It's possible there's something you've been holding back because you don't want to rock the boat in your relationship. However, this situation could come to a boiling point today, compelling you to say what you've kept under lock and key. If you felt unheard, misunderstood, or taken advantage of, now is the time to make these feelings known. It's possible your partner was unaware of this or was aware and figured it would blow over. Either way, you have an opportunity to finally put this situation to the test. I'm Jeez.
0: single. <laughs> exactly. We take, like, seemingly relatable things that could apply to anyone, and we just kind of, like, broadly, with a brush stroke just kind of give it some personality, right? We want to give you some personality. And I think it's nice because like, we want to feel like we're belonging to something. And I think like, when I meet people, right? Like I can make friends, if is a cancer, I'm a cancer, right? And like, there's just like these situations where we're building some sort of bond or some sort of, I guess like a relationship just out of your personality type without really even knowing what our personality type is. We're just like kind of told something from a broad set of facts and we just stick with it. it makes it like relatable and I think it's nice to have some sort of sense of community but of course like no personality test is ever going to be accurate or like there's going to be nothing that can encapsulate the complexity of personality but maybe like that's not the goal I think part of like the whole personality assessment or what did you call it assignment Eugenia right yeah. like, it's, it's it's much more about just like oh like that's so interesting that like I tend to fall in love with these people or I tend to gravitate towards these people and like you want to give them some sort of label so you feel better about yourself you're like ooh, scorpios gemini's like uh-uh, no no i'm gonna steer clear so i think it's like we've used personality tests as kind of like a you know for us to get a little bit something out of our day you know like we just want to look forward to getting some bonus points because like we know who to weed out in our life or whatnot But if we really look at who our friends are and, like, who the people in our life are, we're just going to get a mess of people. Like, I don't think any of my friends are just one personality type or just one horoscope. Ironically, a lot of my past crushes have been Libras. I don't want to unpack that just yet. I think it's a coincidence. But (laughs) other than that, I think my life is pretty mixed. But that's all I'll say about personality types and tests.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you took a group of people and then just randomly assigned like, oh, your team A to half and your team B to the other half, they'd immediately start coming up with like stereotypes on the other side and group characteristics of their own side. Oh, look at us. We're like team A. Aren't we so cool? You know, team B, they're like, so this and this, right? It's just like a human thing. But uh, yeah, Eugenia, what are, you, what are your thoughts on personality? A lot
2: of times I'm honestly shocked when I meet a person and I feel like our personalities don't mesh well. Because I'm always like, don't most people like, like how much differentiation is there in people's senses of humor and interests? And this kind of goes back to dating apps where you like see everybody put the same interests. Like there is no way all of you like hiking, <laughs> like do not lie to me, but anyway. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> I already forgot what I was talking about. Um, oh yeah. Like I'm just surprised when I meet people who like I just don't click with, not because I dislike them for a particular reason, but because just because our personalities don't combine. Because then I'm like, damn, people are really different. <laughs> in conclusion, people are diverse and you don't hit it off with everybody you meet and That's okay. That's my thought on personalities. Diversification is real.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Like I remember in high school, I was in such a click type environment that I assumed that, you know, I could get along with anybody. And then I came yeah. to college, and I started talking to people, and I was like, yeah, there's just, like, I can't really, I don't think the same way that you do, or, like, we don't share many interests, so I think that's yeah. what happen."
0: It shocked me that people can be boring. Like, yeah. I just it straight up, like, some of y'all just have not found something that sparks excitement and it's very clear in conversation and some of you it's like okay like you're okay being chill right like you're okay just like writing it out embracing silence talking about superficial shit you saw on like the news or cosmopolitan that day but like I don't know for me it's like if you want to have a personality with me or like not with me but just like and talk to me like that frequently like please have some depth that is all I ask for you is like to have some level of either intelligence where it's like your thought-provoking emotional depth or I don't know it's like easy to relate or just talk about things that we feel strongly about or that you're just funny right like there has to be like some element of interest I guess for me to like continue a conversation for a long period of time But that being said, I have a very strong or like heightened capacity to talk to people. Like I'm a social person. But God, it did take college to be like, half of y'all are just boring. And I'm sorry, but it's true.
1: If I sense someone is boring, I assume it's a problem with me. Like I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. You know?
0: I don't know. I'm I'm kind of too proud to do that for myself. (laughs) But that's fair. It usually is like you have to have like some commonality, right?
1: Yeah, I, I actually, the, the analogy of like a Trojan horse just came to mind where like, you want to get to know them and you like need to somehow,
0: oh, like, you need a Trojan horse, like
1: they're whatever the, they don't want to talk, like boring people, basically they seem appear to be boring because they just won't tell you like what drives them, like what makes them tick. So you got to sneak past them with some small talk or some interest that you might have.
2: I always worry that I come off as very shallow and just as if I have no critical thoughts whatsoever. Sometimes I reflect on that and then I'm like, wait, I actually don't have critical thoughts or like any kind of complexity or nuance in the things that I think from day to day. So maybe if I come off as boring or dumb, I am boring or dumb, but for being someone who is academically very successful and so, and just, like, we fit into these systems of intellect, and, like, society, like, you know, like, society's idea of what a smart person is, like, we fit into that, everybody that goes here, but then some people you meet are really just dumb, and you're, like, wow, these, like, social markers don't mean shit, and then I'm, like, oh, my god, I'm one of those people, that's all.
0: Well, I refuse to believe that, but at the same time, I totally see what you're saying, though, like, the amount of times I've just been surprised, I'm, like, huh, the amount our asses work to get here. And then you're here and you're like, am I just an imposter? Like, is this whole thing like a giant Among Us game? And sometimes I'm just like, smile and nod because I'll blush it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Smile and nod literally me.
1: I love the Madagascar reference. So, okay, one personality system is the D&D alignment. Have you guys heard of this? Like Dungeons and Dragons, the alignment system?
0: What is it? Is this like just telling me what my character is going to be? Like, I don't know much about that.
2: I've always or... wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah,
0: please
2: okay. explain that.
1: So one thing that you need to know about me is that I reference lots of things that I have no actual understanding of. Yep, like we, we've <laughs> gone over that. You pepper it
2: yeah. in to seem smart.
1: Yeah, just, just to seem smart. Like last culture awareness. There you go. I was, I was like referencing these books and movies that I haven't even seen, so
2: me i do that too sometimes yeah.
1: <laughs> so i don't actually know how you play dungeons dragons but the the idea of the alignment system is you're coming up with this character right and you want to like assign a personality of sorts so that you know how they would act in certain situations so your alignment is um on there's like two different scales and and there's three options for each so then there's nine combinations that you can have like there's a little grid there are a lot of memes online where you'll see like
2: so it's like the myers-briggs test
1: yeah kind of so the the two scales um one scale is about like we could say like how closely you follow to rules so there's um lawful and evil
0: oh i know exactly what you're talking about yeah like that was such
2: a roundabout way of describing the meme
0: yeah Oh, but okay. the chaotic neutral way of holding your teacup or drinking your yeah. tea. Like
2: yeah. Something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It. I didn't know That's
0: how from it Dungeons to Dungeons and Dragons? People
1: would understand.
0: Yeah. That's
2: from Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm pretty awesome sure it's popularized.
0: Experiment.
1: Yeah. I well, at least say. I heard of it from Dungeons and Dragons, so I just assume it's kind of part of that. Okay.
2: You heard of it from Dungeons and Dragons, the game you don't play and reference only <laughs> to talk about this little
1: grid, this three by three grid. OK, if you want to get into the technicalities, I saw the meme first, probably asked somebody, then figured out it was a DD and d thing. Assume that it came from D&D, and now all the rest of the memes are from that. OK. But it, like, who really cares? So At least we I, know exactly of... what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, so what what's the?
1: OK, so I want to start by saying, that I think that I'm a true neutral. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I disagree. I think you're lawful. Okay.
2: Nah. He's too detached to be lawful. Like yeah. our okay. explain. Explain. earthly rules and social orders.
0: I can see that too. But yeah, so we, define the terms quality. a yeah, little more let's, clearly. Let's do that.
1: So okay, so we have lawful being like maybe describes that you follow rules very carefully okay which is independent from you being like good or bad so well sorry, rules I mean, and laws the, don't
2: have inherent morality
0: say again i was such like a deep moment for this podcast <laughs> and like you just pouted it out you're just like yeah laws they moral y'all <laughs> All stay woke yeah you
2: my one light bulb in a sea of darkness in my thoughts. <laughs> not evil, not evil or like bad thoughts, but just not. There's nothing. In
0: there's it. nothing. There's a void. <laughs> she has entered the void. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm Void Huge.
0: Oh, that's right.
2: Follow me you on can Instagram. Follow her
0: on Instagram. This is the first plug we're doing. That's a big deal. Follow Void Huge on Instagram.
2: Oh. I totally did not let Ashwin describe why yes. he is too
1: neutral. We need to talk about that. Okay, so my bad. It's lawful, neutral, um, chaotic. So mm-hmm. that you can be one of these three. Right. And then independently you can be good, neutral, or evil. Yeah. So interesting examples would be like okay, the Joker would be like chaotic evil, right? Like he acts in like such a way just to create anarchy and he's doing it for the purpose of just to mess with people, right and you know lawful good would be your classic superman or something like that right so that's like the the two extremes where things kind of like really concentrated you know archetypes true neutral would be someone who kind of is willing to change sides when it suits them not in like a backstabby way, just in like a, this is, this is what makes sense for like my own goals. So basically you only care about yourself and then like the people that you decide are your friends and like those are the people and you kind of just go with the flow. So you're not like particularly, um, like, you know, like helping everybody every at, at the cost of yourself. You're also not like creating unnecessary, you know, problems. Right. So that's like the diagonal on this little chart. And here, let me get one of these memes up. What are some other examples? Like to start, do you do you think this is a useful or interesting way of thinking about people? Like maybe instead of the Myers Briggs we were talking about, oh, are they extroverted, introverted? Does it
2: produce an interesting order in the system R query optimization algorithm?
1: Yeah, nerd. (laughs) Put it like that.
2: Anyway.
0: I understood nothing. They just said, you can tell <laughs> smile, who "Smile and wave." <laughs> smile and wave, boys. Um, okay, yeah, but, but like,
1: yeah. Do you think there's Good. something to be said about like thinking about people not in terms of personality in that way, but like how how do they think about problems that arise? Do they think about following the rules, and do they think about helping other people? Maybe, maybe those are two axes that we should look at instead of the you know standard. Ah, uh, Big Five, right? That's the one in psychology where you look at mm-hmm. um, like openness mm-hmm. to experience, conscientiousness, um, you know, so on and so forth.
0: Eugenia,
2: I think that well, like I said, aligning people with like the rule systems that govern them is a very relative practice, and morality theoretically is supposed to be absolute it's supposed to be the same given like a true north you know how people say like my moral or like somebody's moral compass points true north um so given different sets of laws the same moral set should act differently like in each of those societies with the different laws but So that's why I feel like it's unfair to use something so relative as a scale for determining people's personalities. But I guess personalities are a product of the environment you're in. So maybe negate that entire argument. It just depends on how it is you're assessing personality. Like, are you trying to find their absolute, which is, I guess, more difficult? Or are you trying to find who they are in the moment?
1: Yeah, maybe I should say that lawful in this context, maybe doesn't mean that you follow the laws of the society that you're in, but that you set strict laws for yourself.
2: Yeah, I oh, guess, that but that then that would simple. change depending on what society you live in then. Because in one society, you might be lawful, but then in another, you might be chaotic.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah.
2: But you still have the same personality. So I the question is, is personality relative or absolute?
0: <laughs> that's a deeper question for sure. But I mean, I, I, I do think it is relative, but I think one of the things about the, specifically this three by three grid, that's really interesting because it's it's a good way to look at like moral conundrums I think right in some capacity we have a tendency to believe something is good or evil right and like the common example is cops and robbers right like as a kid the game motive the robbers are the bad guys the cops are the good guys cops detain the co- robbers you know that's that's the story um, so the lawful good in that case is the cops, the robbers, the evil or true true evil, like, what is it? Chaotic Lawful evil. evil? Chaotic evil, right? But of course, like nothing. Is evil ever done.
2: Literally me. That's and not even an option.
0: Yeah. And so like there of course is no way that we would say the same thing right now, right? Like seeing what the police has done as like an institution is like it's very clear to us, at least to me, that, you know, cops are awful. And like you want to literally punch them in the fucking face so it's like one of the situations where it's not the case where there ever is really something that is like a true quote-unquote neutral or true true evil or true good but I think it's a really interesting way to look at it because it is such a case-by-case thing too like not saying that like the not just with the cops and robbers example but like if you take like common like media portrayals of like the situation right and I love this show, which is why I'm going to be talking about it for a little bit. But if you've never seen Casa de Papel, which is like a Netflix Oh, movie.
2: my God.
0: <laughs> I crazy.
2: love that show. My friend accidentally spoiled a, ma- my roommate actually mass- spoiled a massive part oh of it God. for me. I was so mad. It was an accident. It was funny, right. but I was like, bro.
0: We won't spoil too much. But what I will say is the premise of the show is that they're trying to steal money from the mint of Spain, right? That they're going to actually fucking print money and just be even richer than you would by stealing money from a bank. It's a genius idea. But you actually have no idea why they're stealing the money. All you know is that they're doing it for, quote, unquote, the people, which seems like kind of a shitty idea or just a shitty deal. Like, you're messing with, like, a country's national mint to just, quote, unquote, give money to the people. Like, that's disrupting a lot of, like, I don't know, cash flow, GDP, whatever you wanna talk about. But the premise of the show is like focused on the robbers. It doesn't really give a shit about the cops, except it does kind of focus on the cops and like a cop questioning our morals. And like that, she goes through like a big character change, just like, you know. But the main point is, it's really focused on the story of the robbers, which is like, I guess you could say is something, sometimes a commonality because it makes for a better story maybe but it's rare where they're the heroes. They're almost always the anti-heroes, but it's so possible for the anti-heroes to be the justified ones, which is kind of why I like that premise of the story. So essentially, I would just say that like the three by three grade is a way for us to like, look at things by a case by case basis. But at the same time, I don't think anything could truly just like be the, the, the ground neutral zero, the neutral neutral in that sense, or the true neutral, like you were saying
1: yeah okay that brings up an interesting point so maybe maybe we'll reframe it as like instead of pretending that people can be easily typecast in one of these things right let's think about it differently okay like we've all read a lot of classic stories of good and bad right um if you're a nerd like me this is this comes down to like comic books right Whatever
2: book you bring up, it's a 50 50 chance you actually read it. <laughs> At yeah. this
0: point. So okay. let's just assume you've actually read these ones. Actually. Okay, okay.
1: Here, I have this one on my desk right now. Perfect. So
0: there's a good chance you read I don't it. I
1: have physical copies of books that I don't read.
0: Batman. Perfect. Yes.
1: So what makes like super really good villains, right? Is that they're how they contrast with the hero, right? Like, if you just have random, if you just make a random villain for a given hero, there could be interesting combinations, but we really love to see like the, the dichotomy, right? The duality. So and, and you you talked about how maybe we could see this DD alignment as telling us about like how to deal with moral conundrums. So what do you think about maybe a good hero and villain are on opposite sides of the diagram? because they think about the moral conundrums in different ways, and that's how they get in, you know, get get into issues with each other. That's how the conflicts arise.
0: Like, what do I think about it, or, like, if I tend to agree with that?
1: Oh, I'm just proposing an idea, you know? Like, have you seen The Dark Knight?
0: Yeah, no, I was going to bring that up. Like, it's one of those movies where you do really see kind of, like, the negative aspects of Batman in some ways. Um, But, like, on the flip side, like a movie where it's entirely focused on the anti-hero is the Joker, right? Like the movie that just came out. And I know that had like a pretty critical reception. So I was wondering, like, does does the Joker and the Joker have a different personality than the Joker in the Dark Knight for you?
1: Yeah, they do seem to have very different personalities, right? Like in in Dark Knight, Joker is like this force of nature. Yeah. And then the in the movie, The Joker, they're trying to show him as like okay, I'm gonna get like kind of deep into the comic book a more now. <laughs> oh gosh. But... The
0: Joker is someone I would love to analyze
1: too, though. Okay. Literally Joker
2: interested.
1: film. So the Joker has traditionally never had a real origin story. You're just supposed to right. think of him as like this guy that shows up and he like he's dressed like a clown, you know. Somehow this is like opposed to bats not a duality we see in everyday life, but somehow makes sense in the story of the world. In the comic book, The Killing Joke by Alan Moore, I think this sometime in the nineties, I don't know. They try to give joker a joker backstory. And his story is that he's just like a regular Joe who made a bunch of bad decisions. And like one bad day is all that it took for him to go from normal guy to psychopathic villain. And so it makes the argument that what Joker's trying to do is convince Batman that everybody's like that. Like they're all just one bad day away from being as evil as he is. So that, you know, morality doesn't make sense. Batman's point is totally invalid. That's like the core of what, what he is in that sense. The, the 2019 Joker movie kind of fits in with that. Right? Like it's just a guy who's having a really tough time because of circumstances that are pretty much out of his control. And that's his descent into madness.
0: Yeah. To some degree. And in the other way, it's a classist commentary, right? It's yeah. showing about like the conditionality of Joker, who's basically living in poverty, has to take care of his mom, who he later, spoiler <laughs> alert, kills, and just like... Of course he makes a ton of bad decisions, but like a lot of it is motivated by him being in poverty, being surrounded in circumstances where he can take up violence. And freaking Bruce Wayne is a little kid of some like rich millionaires in town, right? And like, you see some of that aspect in like Batman Begins of like his upbringing too. But the fact of the matter is like, I think Joker, the film's trying to show that like the kind of the obsession with Batman is viewing it in a sense of like glorification in some sense too without addressing like that Gotham is like not a great place right it's like it has a lot of these systemic issues that, that Batman doesn't really get to you know rescuing or solving because he's the guy who's just beating up people he's not beating up poverty right like that's not the point of bat. and the Batman's point is to beat up the Joker's Right. But I think that's why it's an interesting film, because whether or not you agree with it or see the portrayal of mental health in like a very maybe dramatized light, and that's not great. But I think it was an important film to also address that maybe there's like this character flaw of Batman, even if it doesn't talk about Batman at all, like that we just, you know, take for granted sometimes. Like we're always used to viewing the hero as the hero and I think it's important to sometimes have that contrarian perspective to be like they're a hero for what being a rich millionaire who can beat up poor guys because they're bad like how different does that sound like than some of the institutions in this country right so it's one of those situations where I'm like critically questioning what the bad guy narrative is but at the same time, like I don't know if I fully understand Batman well enough to make a conclusion about it. So that's where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't care enough or know enough maybe to make this conclusion, but I think it's an interesting thing to question.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So any thoughts on uh, this D&D alignment thing? Because uh, a couple other, two more points that I kind of want to talk about. Yeah.
2: I haven't seen any Batman or Joker movies.
1: Got it. All right. Yeah, that's totally fine. I was just thinking that maybe alignment could be a y- interesting way of thinking about people. But, you know, a lot of personality, I sh- maybe you should have started at the top of this, but, like, I kind of think that personality seems like it really can't be reduced to a science in, in the way that, you know, other things can. So I view personality as, like, kind of a fun tool
0: mm.
1: that I mean depending on you could just be like oh hey whatever you know I'm I'm this or that or it could be maybe somewhat useful in guiding you to the right path but I wouldn't say it's like a be all or end all right just because you find that you got a thing on a personality test doesn't you know doesn't limit you in any way
2: well personality can't be a science because there's no objective perspective on other people
1: right that's good point yeah, so the second way of thinking about personality, another nerd fest, is in the trading card game Magic the Gathering. So, Oh
2: in- my god, you're killing me.
0: Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. I'm
1: sorry, what can I say? <laughs> so in-, in the game, basically, like, there are different, like, colors that um, cards are assigned based on, like, kind of their personality. So there's... um. Green, which is, like, associated with the environment and plays in, like, a very, like, build-up-things kind of harmony way, I guess. There's red, which is supposed to be, like, associated with, like, fire and rage, so it's very aggressive. There's black, which is associated with, like, death, kind of. And so those cards are about, like, resurrecting, you know, your defeated cards. There's blue, which is, like, water and kind of... um you say like playing playing like uh, defensively maybe or using like secretive tactics and then there's white which represents like peace and order so
0: okay so yeah these are
1: like different different um play styles basically so people who play the game decide on one or two of these colors that Appeal to them and build a deck based on that. Because the way the game works, you kind of can't really mix and match all the different colors. So you gotta decide when you're building a deck which one you're gonna use. So I think that's interesting because it means that when you're playing this game, your personality starts to matter because if you're a really aggressive player, you probably you know don't wanna pick like the the green or the white colors because you might not be able to play it as well but there is room for you to like mix and match two different personality types basically and play like that so maybe you could be like a like a a white blue deck where you um you like have some secretive tactics that you use but you also have a lot of cards that build each other up something like that i haven't explained this very well but i just wanted to hear if this strikes your interest and if not we can Move on to other things, but I, if we I, I, can I,
2: mix and match personality types in real life,
1: well, I mean, don't you think that there could be the case that like oh, certain people funny. are like really potent examples of a personality, and then other people are like more diffuse blends of other of, of various kinds of personalities.
0: All right, Ashwin, assign me a
1: personality type.
2: Finally, extracted the question from the three minutes of background on playing Magic: The Gathering.
1: Wow, uh, I feel attacked right now. I'm just trying to share my nerd knowledge with people.
0: That's good. Yeah. But I'm curious, like if you could assign me a personality, like if something is clear cut, what what is it?
2: White. You're the white card.
0: I'm the white card. Yeah. I'm peace and order.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then if we gave, I don't know, in my head, Ashwin's a blue card. What would you give yourself, Ashwin?
2: Which one's the blue again?
0: Plays
1: defensively. Here, let me, let me, I have, like, this,
2: uh... My brother used to play Magic the Gathering.
0: Eugenia's brother, you're a nerd. When he was in
2: high school and I was, like, little, so I would sit in on their games.
1: Here's, like, the description of Blue, so... Read it out loud. Let's see.
2: God, is it gonna be nerdy?
1: As if, like, he was gonna read it silently. Perfection... Through knowledge is like the tagline. So words associated with blue are challenge, competence, creativity, curiosity, knowledge, optimism, accuracy, blah blah
0: blah. Yeah, sounds like you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you the like description sounded like you.
0: Okay, assign you Junior card. Hmm. Tricking one.
1: maybe some people just don't fit into this system
2: <laughs> he's Isn't
1: just trying to not give me the shit you know? card <laughs> red I actually don't remember
0: what red was I
1: mean I wouldn't say she comes across as like aggressive
0: <laughs> so he's I of... was like really? really? you don't see that? I mean okay <laughs> she's been on this podcast twice I think they can understand
2: <laughs> <laughs> I come off aggressive yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: but okay. I think you come off very, like, not flamboyant. What's the word? Very boisterous. Just I
2: like come that. off as boisterous or not boisterous?
0: As boisterous. Is boisterous, like, derogatory? I don't know. Actually, I need to look. This I don't up
2: even so. know what the fuck boisterous means.
0: <laughs> Isn't it just usually like.
2: Noisy, energetic, and cheerful. Rowdy.
0: Yeah. Energetic. And rowdy. Ser- A <laughs> little bit rowdy. Mostly energetic. I'm cheerful? Yeah. I think you're like you can give off happy vibes even if you talk about sad shit.
2: Actually, yeah, I like try to be like lighthearted even if it's a heavy topic, like yeah. you just said.
0: For a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic, but that that's kind of the vibes they give.
2: Yeah. People. Wait, that's true. That's a that's a good Is that like
0: It's a Paramore. Phrase?
2: Album. <laughs> it's a Paramore album? Yeah. Okay, that's like even more fitting. Like even <laughs> music. Maybe I don't listen to Paramore specifically, but still. Yeah. I'm literally Best Buds by Mom Jeans. I'm literally folk punk because the music is so like, it's like these twangy guitars. It's like a beat, and you're like, I don't know, it's just like lit and it's like the drum set, and it's just so fun. But then the stuff they're singing about is sad. Mm. I'm literally Mom
0: Jeans. I'm
2: literally Mom Mom.
0: Jeans. Yeah. You can find Eugenia Spotify next since you already have her Instagram. Yeah. But I think for me, it's, like, I picture myself being, like, a blend of, like, R&B. Like, I can be, like, chill, and I can be, like, laid back. But I need a bit of, like, structure, too. Like, I can't just be jazz. So I think sometimes if I want, like, a bit more rigidity, I sadly become, like, um, like, the trope of, like, just generic pop in the background. Just because it's, like, something that's consistent.
2: You're definitely bedroom pop.
0: My like bedroom pop. Yeah. I think that's like my vibe. Ashwin is interesting because I feel like you are just classical in nature, but at the same These time, Penguin there, Cafe Orchestra. You listen to EDM, so that's interesting. Or just electronic music. I don't think it's EDM specifically, but.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think I realized that this, there's not, not a whole lot interesting with the magic thing per- specifically it's a little- but it's
0: interesting to just categorize things right and that's exactly what we're doing with like our music like what what, what yeah. Music genre
1: yeah it? yeah
0: like, like the colors of the magic game that was interesting
2: i mean music is a very intimate experience because you listen to it for yourself only right so hmm. of course it'll be reflective of your personality yeah. or at least your like inner one maybe not the one you show to people but
0: ooh. Care to unpack?
2: <laughs> I mean, just like, because like I said, you listen to music for yourself.
1: Because
2: right. like in your headphones or like you're alone in your room. So it's so actually you, you.
0: So when are you, your actual self? Like when is your genuine, when does your genuine personality come out? Like does it come out with people who've known you for like five years or like two months? Like no one?
2: <laughs> no one needs to see what's going on here. This is top secret information.
0: Yeah Eugenia put her hair up and this is apparently one of the few times her hair' I'm taking is it. Up. Down.
2: I can't do this. She can't do it. I feel like I'm myself with a select few of my closest friends. so my roommate, my best friend from home who I've been friends with for 10 years, who is roommates with your friend from home who you've been friends with for a long- i feel like this podcast is pretty accurate to my personality
0: that's good glad it can be a safe space but that's like what i have a very hard time with too right because if you ask anyone in my family they'll tell you i'm the most selfish brat ever (laughs) and if you like talk to my Eugene,
2: yeah she would say that too no i'm kidding
0: oh thanks huge but like my friends would be like, Saran was the type of person who would like die for us, like loyal as hell to the end for my friends. But like, I am such a snake with my family. So it's like, I don't really know what my personality like genuinely is in some ways, but I know that I have certain personality traits that I hold very dear and true to my heart, which goes back to that very first podcast episode with Ashwin and like values, right? But I feel like your personality is just your your personhood for lack of a better word or just like you being a person revolves around the people around you and like it's infinitely going to be shaped and reshaped and like redefined and defined and I don't know like maybe if you like live alone you'll have your own personality and like congrats but like no one's gonna see it so it's like
2: if you have a personality and nobody sees it do you really have that personality
0: exactly like I think it has to be defined by people around you too, to some degree.
2: Yeah, there's no objective perspective on a person.
0: Yeah. So that is the real food for thought from your magic cards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess two questions I have are like, one is, are some personalities like better than others? <laughs> like personalities that you would just rather be than other ones. and And two is totally different is, do you think your personality kind of shapes the job or like career or you might have, like, do you need to be like, imagine like to be a lawyer, maybe you want to be really conscientious and hardworking or something. Right. Whereas if you want to be, let's say an artist, you'd have a totally different personality. Is that a reflection of the work that you're doing or just like the tendency of people to drift one way or the other?
0: Just to, as a disclaimer, if you chose the words conscientious and hardworking for lawyers, I do not associate those words with people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I'm yeah, I, I feel like Eugenia might have more to say. Cause...
2: I was going to say, um, to the first question, no, there aren't some personalities that you would rather, that objective. Again, it's just, like, objective versus subjective. There's no objective better personality. But to everybody, they have their own idea of what the better personality is. Because we're always trying to improve ourselves, right? Like, that's the point of life. Or one of the points of life is, like, getting better each day. And, like, being more proud of who you are as a person. And then of changing. So you're, like, tending towards those good personalities. But everybody can't be working on the same thing. So...
1: Yeah. Otherwise, we'd all be, like, uh, the same... Just a yeah. bunch of people with the same personalities which yeah which would be robots even as a personality right like what you know what makes you personal if you if you're all the same yeah
2: true uh, the etymology the breakdown of the word <laughs>
1: as someone what?
0: who's just written 10 personal statements i'm offended <laughs> Why? it's just like it takes so much effort for you to talk about yourself, right? But then at the yeah. end of the day, it's like, you don't really take, think about those things like firsthand, right? Like, unless you're being asked about it, you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm just me. Like, it rarely becomes like this very critical thing, but sorry, I'm drifting away from the question. I think it's totally possible where it's like, yes, there are some personalities that you strive to be, but that is because of the circumstances where your personality traits have become so weak or have shown weakness in your social interactions with other people. Like the classic example is like, oh, I was not extroverted enough when I needed to be, to impress so-and-so or to get so-and-so to like me, or I was too introverted and I didn't take a shot at this chance, right? Or I didn't, you know, maybe interview for that job or like I didn't do something where I maybe should have put myself out there a bit more. I didn't join that club, I didn't meet those friends. But they're all like such trivialities when you think about like who yourself are and like what your whole vision for life is. But in that moment, you're definitely gonna feel like, oh, someone who's more extroverted, I want that personality trait. A personality trait I really admire and I wish I had was, I wish I was more self-reliant. I wish I was like more independent. I know some people who can give no fucks about what other people think about them. And I think that is one of the greatest personality traits you can have is if you're unabashedly yourself, but unfortunately, I don't have that. I carefully deliberate in doing it with myself based on what others think of me. In some ways, I think that redefines like my personality when it comes to like job opportunities. My classic example that I give people is like why I decided not to become like a student law student or apply for the LSAT or apply to law school it Was just like I firsthand you knew if my task was to be telling you whether or not someone was guilty or not guilty and like just getting paid to do that, I would have so many questions and so many moral conundrums where I could be like complicating the situation 10 more times than it needs to be just because that's how my brain works. And I don't think that's even a personality thing at that point, It's just like, I don't think that way, but it is personality thing for me to be like, I would personally feel uncomfortable if I had to stand up for someone who I really don't agree with in that way, or like I had to stand up for, you know, someone who might cause a lot of harm again. And I just think that like, it's one of the situations where the biggest factor was like, I cannot stand with the fact that I might've actually put someone who was innocent behind such a cruel and awful system. And that was the breaking moment though. Right. And so of course, there's billion types of laws and, I don't have to do criminal law, but I think, like, that was why I was like, I need a gender profession where my job is just to ask a bunch of questions and make things more complicated and also encourage people to look at complexity. So I was like, I want to do social work. I want to do teaching. I want to do, like, nonprofit work. I want to do stuff where the whole point of it is to be, like, how do we solve problems by looking at a bunch of different sides of the issue? And... The fact of the matter is that it makes it really hard to solve problems, but at the same time, it makes sure that we give it the attention it needs. And I think that's something that like is fundamentally part of my personality is that I just need to complicate things. Because if I don't, I don't think we see the important narratives or the size of an issue or the lesser heard voices in a situation. Like, that would drive me insane. So I do think my personality defines which jobs I can have to some degree, but most of the time, personality traits that I value are just because of superficial scenarios that I've recently been in yeah.
2: exactly so your personality is shaped by the experiences that you go through
0: yep <laughs> basically
1: yeah I mean I, it's hard to disagree with that but I just want to maybe if I frame it like this all things equal wouldn't you wouldn't most people rather be more self-reliant than less like is would anyone when given the question oh uh, i can make you a little less self-reliant like what who would take that
2: what do you mean by all things equal what 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 variables (laughs) what is that like uh,
1: yeah no that's a good point
0: but part of it's like every personality has a cost and trade-off right like if i'm more self-reliant i think there's a higher tendency for me to be a jackass just off the bat i'm sorry but like people who are very self-reliant like very sure of themselves you have a higher tendency to be audacious and just like maybe come off a little bit as like full of yourself and i just think that like that's not a set rule at all but it's one of those things about very confident independent people is that they intimidate the fuck out of everyone around them and sometimes that makes it so that like They might have stickier social interactions this if you are typically less self-reliant person you're more dependent on the other people because you gravitate and need those other people around you you tend to have better people skills and that might just be me as someone who i feel like does have better people skills than self-care skills and i need to untie that another point for myself but the main thing is what if we are all you know only able to have certain personalities like a pie chart right So it's like, the bigger slice of the pie that you have for this personality trait, the smaller the other slices have to be because you just have to compensate in some regard, right? Like you can be this self-reliant, but your capacity to be empathetic then goes down by this much or something like that. I don't know if it fully believe in that, but I think it's an interesting concept because I do think there are just natural trade-offs between strengths and weaknesses our personalities like it's very hard for someone to be super independent super empathetic super considerate about world affairs while also super considerate about their personal affairs while doing everything that like seems to have some sort of trade-off because like can if we, we so optimize
2: more- the human personality
0: <laughs> exactly like isn't there just too much to do for us to do with the time we have i don't know optimize- no
2: one's asking you to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders either
0: true we fight hero narratives in this podcast
2: choose your battles as they say
0: exactly I don't know this personality conversation got me got me you know torn up over my own personality
2: I was thinking about personalities yesterday because I just finished the Sopranos last night Hmm. with my mom and The reason why The Sopranos is so critically acclaimed and just like hailed as like one of the greatest TV shows of all time, and the main character Tony Soprano is one of the greatest TV performances of all time, is because that show did so like the quality of a show's writing isn't really enough to make it as like all time successful. Like it needs to make some kind of change in the business in general. So the thing that The Sopranos did was write a really like it was like one of the first really anti-hero roles on like basic cable and you just root for this guy like throughout seven seasons who's a mob boss he's responsible for like ruining so many people's lives because like he sanctions hits on people and he like has his goons like beat other people up because they're late with their payments and all this stuff but you're still when he gets shot and he's in a coma you're still clutching onto the edge of your couch you're like oh my god live So you're just rooting for this person who's objective, like objectively, as in most people would say that he is a bad person. I don't know. I'm just messed up. And I wanted to say that while we were talking about personalities, I don't even give a fuck what the conversation topic is. I just had to let that out. I miss Tony Soprano, my anti-hero. I was going to say it after the Joker thing, but then I was like, that's true.
0: No, I no. feel like a lot of shows I've been gravitated towards have more antihero roles too recently. Like,
2: yeah, and it's because like that was the first show that really did it really well. It was less of like the superhero, mm-hmm. like yeah. hero versus evil guy thing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool. No, I definitely welcome this rant. It's a uh, it's a good one. You wa- you watch The Sopranos? No, no, just like I'm. Mean, it's fascinating that he, like we like villains too, right? Like we talk like. Mm it's not just oh the you know we like the good guy because he does the right thing it's also like oh what would it be like to be totally unhinged you know just do,
0: <laughs> but like, like sometimes the villain isn't unhinged, right? Or okay, or okay what would it be like to just
1: be the villain right, right. To, like let out that you know like darker side because I, I so i haven't seen the sopranos right but i saw breaking bad and right Classic. the thing is when i saw that show it didn't even register to me that he was like a bad guy until like four seasons in and i was like oh, he's definitely bad now. Because <laughs> I just, like, the sympathetic, you know, premise of, oh, he's... he's...
0: drug dealing, and, like, it's not that bad. Yeah, and yeah, that, you know, you'll, like, that. you'll
1: justify it because you know it. But even, like, once you find out, once I found out that he was a villain, I was like, oh, he's so interesting. Like, that, that makes it even better, you know? <laughs> like, yes. now he's just doing it for his own ego.
0: <laughs> That's true. I love that. Sometimes you can't really just justify the anti-hero right like it just like their life is fascinating i like that's something that we're just gonna have to like leave the screen with and like be okay with i think breaking bad is like the classic example i was also watching narcos and it's basically a show where like the cops and the united states do awful things a lot in america as was real but pablo escobar who's like the uh drug kingpin of like the cocaine trade is also awful and you want him to die but then like as time goes on you're like maybe he doesn't deserve to die maybe the cops are just kind of like doing this because they need a bad guy but the bad guys are actually everyone everyone's a bad guy and it's one of those shows where it's like holy shit everyone is an anti-hero and there is no hero so that really blew my mind it wasn't even just like that the show is about the one anti-hero is that how we are all anti heroes just trying to do crazy our... that
2: we all have good and bad inside of us, huh?
0: <laughs> you're really like distilling what I'm saying and making it sound like it's not deep at all Eugenia. Yeah. that's
2: deep, I'm not distilling it, I'm summarizing
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I tend tend to have long thoughts if you've been listening, so that's say
2: I have but... to recap it verbally so that then I can respond to it, so I'm like making mental notes, you know that's it's smart. stripped down of what you're saying.
0: It's good, but that is essentially my point. We are all bad and good. So what the hell does it even matter? But like my favorite example is, um, if you've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yep. Yeah, Zuko, great character, but his whole thing is like he has good and bad within his like little family tree. Like the guy is like, half of his family is responsible for killing the Avatar. His other half of the family used to be the Avatar. So it's like <laughs> he's supposed to be this balance between good and evil, all that shit, but he struggles with it the whole time. The whole show is about his struggle with it. I think he's actually more of a character that has, like, a character arc than even the main character in the show. Freaking Hand or whatever. So, I don't know. It's interesting.
1: Okay, so the conclusion here is that the optimal personality is 50% good and 50% bad. That
0: makes it sound a little dicey, but... Maybe no,
1: that's a joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, the optimal personality is definitely just like having the valuable characteristics of like heroism and also the interesting unhingedness of being a little evil. I don't know. We want a good story, don't we? That's the thing. Yeah. Any last
1: thoughts? Questions, comments, concerns? I feel like
0: that went by so fast. Was that really an hour? Oh, that was an hour. Damn.
1: It's
2: very hard to put human personality to to paper. So that's why we end up with all of these caricatures of the best and worst parts of personalities, like superheroes and villains. Yeah. And then when you get your Tony Sopranos and maybe your Joker origin story and the guy in Breaking Bad, Those are good characters because they're closer to what it's like to exist in this world. Maybe in a fantastical story, maybe not, but they are more nuanced in terms of the human experience. The human condition.
0: The human condition. I think my takeaway thought is if we were gonna be the chaotic evil, chaotic neutral, chaotic good, I think those are the only three that actually are true. I think the other ends of the spectrum like the lawful or just like the evil side, it's not as apparent. I think we're just constantly in flux as people. And it really depends on the situation that, like you said, Ashwin, maybe pushes someone over the edge when they're having an awful day to do something really bad. But I think on the other end, we're just chaotic because we're just nuanced as hell. And that is the human condition. And maybe we'll figure it out and maybe some days we'll be more neutral than others and some days we'll be more evil than others but I think we're just too in flux because we people and people do dumb things that is the take yep
1: if I if I slight you in person it's because it's part of my personality it's not I'm taking it <laughs>